0: and welcome back to the Talking Barney Podcast. My name, as always, is always, Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my co-host, who is completely not sick, the bastard, Robert Cross. How are you doing? Am I
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Rob Cross here. Yeah, but we, we didn't have one out last week, because Stu came down with a little bit of a throat thing. Um, lost his voice. Yeah,
0: well, No, I didn't lose my voice. It was... Um, in fairness, we don't really know what it was, because I never actually got to see a doctor with the... Uh, the whole beer bug that we have right now. Yep. So well, I just kinda
1: Well you tested negative for that. It's yeah. fair it's fair to say we we you did test negative yeah, and, I didn't want and, to... and isolate, so we, we are yeah. we are in the clear now.
0: <laughs> but it was much more difficult for me to talk. Still a bit difficult, so there's gonna be a bit more uh lisping and whatnot in this episode, but
1: Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna be doing most of the talking. We're gonna do one sit in the same format as the last one, talking about a few things,
0: but Yeah, yeah, so we have a report here uh done by Robert Cross. Uh but first we will go into our uniquely Irish segment yes which is pennies yes which, first off i suppose is more international now but i think the original brand itself is one of the most uniquely Irish things. Yeah, I think pennies people... is
1: more particularly Irish. I think it. it's yeah, a people co- would Primar- know it Primark. Primark or it's similar, I suppose, in the US to JC Penny. It's not a million miles yeah, off. Yeah,
0: I I, they're not the same. Company, they're, not the, but... they're
1: not the same, but it, it's the only comparable. It's kind yeah. of a, a, a cheap kind of clothing I, I believe,
0: shop. I believe the term they use is fast fashion.
1: Fast fashion. Yeah, but it certainly would be on the more budget-conscious yeah. side of fashion.
0: Which so, it really works for people. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's huge in Europe.
1: Yeah, it's 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 um you know just kind of if if you want to get a t-shirt for a fiver,
0: pretty that's, much that's yeah. kind of
1: what like it's quite popular women's clothes so you can get. Do to, to their credit, you can get pretty nice stuff in there for not that much money.
0: Which is kind of the, the whole appeal. I mean, uh, especially in Ireland, people don't particularly like unless they're. Trying to show off, going for the the Hugo Bosses and and Ralph Lorenz or whatever. Oh, the
1: River River Island, I suppose would be the kind of. And at the same time, uh,
0: Penny's has become kind of its own um, mark of pride. Like if someone comes up to you and says, "Oh, I love your shirt. Where did you get it?" It's Penny's on Penny's on. That's yeah. that's the response. Everyone says it because it's kind of like I'm so surprised that what you got <laughs> is is from Penny's.
1: And it, and it and it's kind of great because it's it, they have. I it, it, suppose it's, it's mostly kind of a women's thing. It's fair to say. I mean, say. Like it, but, obviously it's more focused oh yeah, on women. Yeah, but well, you, like there's, there's always a men's the and a kid's round, section yeah. and like there's random crap you get there. They, they always have like uh, random official superhero t-shirts and video game ones, I've yeah. noticed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're licensed. A lot of branded like, stuff, so. They do have branded stuff there as well. And occasionally they get like these fashion trend things in. I remember at one point, it, I, I, I think it was like during a Kanye West video, maybe like, you know, that stronger faster better stronger one that he did right he yeah. he, like he had the you know the glasses in it which is like had the oh the
0: shaded glasses
1: yeah with like the kind of lines across them I remember like pennies did those and they like sold out really quick like it was just the done thing and, like the lady gag I you know she has the glasses where you can like lift up the Oh, right. The sunglass parts. And they were like really popular there as well. And I remember there was like this phase. I don't know if this was just a limerick thing or on like the when, when the, the scene I was like when I was gigging like in, in our band and we were like playing with emo bands and metal bands. It was like fingerless gloves was just the thing at the time. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but like, we, you know, we just used to go into pennies and get like different colors. And like, oh, because you'd, you'd mismatch them. You'd have like a red one and a black yeah, one. Yeah, I think pennies is the yeah. place
0: that set the trend for the country, whatever they were selling, yeah, was the most fashion-conscious thing you could get in the entire country. But it—it's just like
1: all these mem- random memories, because like you, they used to do like multicolored like laces. Like you know, you'd get your Converse oh, yeah, and you'd yeah, relace cool. them with that. That just, it just brings back a load of memories, actually. Um, but it's still it's still there and it's still doing quite popular. Um, I understand the founder died about last year, was it? Like I think. That it was-
0: Recently enough,
1: I think one of our friends works in pennies, and I think she said they have to do two minutes of silence. Yeah, two minutes, not two, one, not two, two minutes. Which while
0: is, all the customers are there, just trying to get their face.
1: Yeah, so it 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 is kind of something, but it's I, I suppose it's very much an Irish kind of um, institution. I I I'd have to say, Stuart, it's very much there's one in every town and city, and it's just very popular to go into, and you know. Waste your time or something like that, and I wouldn't
0: overly say waste of time. Well, I,
1: no, no, I'm not saying it's a waste it has a of time, but it's, its place it there.
0: I mean, I'm just looking there to see the first one opened in 1969. Nice, nice, uh, and it's still there. So it's still there on Dublin, which is kind of crazy. Um, let's see the area served. You have Austria, Belgium, Poland, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Netherlands, Portugal. Spain, Slovenia, United Kingdom and United States. So they are in the States.
1: I, I, I've certainly been in one in Portugal at one point. And I, yeah. I got a great laugh out of it because I was like, oh, it's just like being home.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a similar experience when I was in Spain and I wandered into a Dun stores. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Dunn's are in, in Spain. Yeah. and it, like, This is crazy. It was the same lino floor, the same awful black jumpers. It was down, down to, like, except for the fact that everything was in Spanish, I had just walked oh, you home. Could,
1: you get your dairy-go-butter there, I'm, I'm sure.
0: I think it was just a clothes shop. Oh, But either way, it was just shocking, especially after backpacking for so long. And then you're just like, oh, this is kind of nice. Just like home. Back home.
1: <laughs> it's basically more at home than like the fake Irish pubs. There. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> no, because the, the best part about it was, I was in this big uh, shopping centre. And so I was walking along. And what I noticed at first was they had these um, kind of neon lights on the the ceiling, like a line of them curving along. So there were multiple curves of these green lines, and like I just have vivid memory of that being the way the old shopping centres were the Duns.
1: Yeah, that really like the Duns that's currently derelict in Limerick that's being yeah. par- made part of the university. Um, on it's on Henry Street, isn't it? Kind of.
0: And, uh, end of
1: Henry Street. End of Henry Street. It's up at the park and the bridge. That's um. I remember when that was open before they opened the 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 swanky new one was slightly mm. up the road from it. Um. That was very like that. That was like yeah, a kind of neon, a boxy cool kind green. of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was very much like that, and it was we had like these weird bits that would just go up and down, like yeah. you go below street level than above. It's just weird, but I don't know. In any case, back to pennies. Back to pennies. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I think if you walked up to any Irish person, uh, unless they had something specific on most of their clothes would probably be in some way, shape, or form pennies. Pretty sure this you know, shirt I'm wearing right now might have been gotten in pennies. The pants, the shoes, the socks. Yeah, everything I'm wearing right now is pennies.
1: Yeah, that, that I think that seems fair. Um, I mean, it's grand. It's
0: cheap stuff. It doesn't last very long. But then again, you're only going to be throwing it out anyway.
1: Sometimes they do. I find the belts and pennies are actually quite good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you have know, to wear, like, with a suit when I'm, like, you know, being swanky and meeting clients and stuff. They actually last pretty long, I found.
0: I think the best thing I ever bought in there was a, a five euro golf umbrella. It was the sturdiest fucking thing I've ever had.
1: Until I got, like, robbed or something?
0: No, no, someone put a fucking chair on it. And, like, oh, mashed right. one of the arms. Oh, but before no. that, absolutely perfect. Like, in torrential rain, heavy wind... It stood up to it all. It was brilliant.
1: So one of the advantages of working in the financial world is that you just get loads of free golf from at events. Like, I probably got about five of them in my room in Dublin.
0: And yet you, you can't play golf.
1: Well, I mean, I did when I was younger. <laughs> sure you did. I used to play when I was a lot younger, and I remember my father's very big into it. My brother is as well, actually. They were playing this week. Um I might get back into it. I probably should, but I caddied for my father in one of the best courses in Portugal. Like, so probably, right. I think like one of the holes there was voted like the ninth best or most scenic one in the world. I don't know something like that. So it was great because I got to like drive a golf cart and it was brilliant.
0: <laughs> Bit of jackass there.
1: Oh, like like his. Um, I, there's there's actually a term for this where basically he goes and plays the shot and go up the course and I have to drive to the next teeing off point because I like cause I was he was playing with three lads and three younger English fellas actually they they met because the three of them were going out with three sisters nice yeah and it, and uh, and you know, we, we kind of just they needed a fourth and he was paired off and it was a very nice kind of relaxed thing and so I I but there was a I you, you didn't drive the golf cart on the actual fairway. Because it would destroy it. Yeah. So there was like a little route that would kind of go around in between, like you know, just off in the trees around it. And every yeah, one of the guys goes, "Your son is like doing extreme karting, like in, dark <laughs> in between the
0: trees." That was exactly what I was imagining. Your dad's just there getting ready, like nice and serene, and in the background, <laughs> it's like uh, uh, just doing donuts around. <laughs> so that was fun, right? We kind of got very sidetracked so there. After that second side uh, track, I think we'll get on to the crux of the episode. So Rob
1: Yeah, so because you can't really talk too much. Um we're gonna do another we we think the one last not quite last week, but last time rather, we talked about uh, Colonel Blood or Captain Blood, whatever you want to call him. Yes. Uh went pretty well. We got good feedback off that. So we're gonna try another one. Now this is a little bit closer to homes. It's 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 in our, our hometown, which we're very proud of Limerick City. And you know, it's one of these stories that you you, you heard in a pub. Yeah. It, 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 and there's lots of these stories you hear around towns, do aren't there? How you know Bob Marley went into this pub once. How Tupac went down the oil fields, yeah. yeah, you know, because he, he he didn't die in California at all, um, and all these other crazy stories. All, these, all like you never guess who was in here last week? Who Warren Beatty? <laughs> that was the famous one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And stuff like that. But one that always um, used to pop up quite a lot when I used to do drink and perform poetry in the the White House pub. It's uh, so just off off of their main street of Conn Street and up Glentworth Street. It's a lovely old pub. It's been... I haven't gone there recently because it was bought by a new owner and it's lost a little bit of its uh, poetic shine. But um,
0: it was always a consistent
1: story that people talked. It's like, yeah, you know, Che Guevara came in here once and it was like, did he really... Cause you, 'Cause you talk to some of the some of the older yeah, it people. It sounds
0: nonsense. It you, really does. Because
1: you talk to some of the older people, the older kind of poets in their tweed jackets, and it would have been alive at the time, certainly, yeah. and would have been a drinking age, and they were like, Oh, well, I wasn't there that night, but I know I heard about it, or Jimmy'd be like, oh, Jimmy said he heard he was he was in there. Barney said, Oh I met him, I met him, oh he was it was Jacob of right? And then he went out and he got sick in the fountain out there and he oh, went God. back to the airport. So then I don't know anything about that, but you look into it a little bit and well, there's actually there's more to this stew than meets the eye. Ooh. Well, first of all, um, I think we all know Che Guevara. We've heard of him. Um, to give him his full name, Ernest, Ernest, Ernesto Guevara Lynch. <gasps> and you might you might be Lynch is an Irish name, and he was of Irish descent, and, and originally being an Ar- Ar- Argentinian, of course. But there was a lot of Irish people in South America too. A lot of a lot of Irish people did emigrate to South America. It was very much well you can for the cocaine. I don't think it really was a thing at the time, <laughs> but uh, maybe 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 that's what they got down there earlier. Um, it, it was Buenos Aires was a very popular place to go to uh, as much as going to New York or London or places like that. So it was definitely an option. There's about 15 percent of Argentinians claim of Irish ancestry. Nice. Um, is isn't as many as America, but it, it's yeah, a decent chunk of the population. But uh, across all of South Americas too, there's a lot of Irish connections. Um, one of the great heroes of Argentine independence is an Admiral William Brown, uh, or Gil Guillero Brown, I think is what he is in Argentine Spanish. Uh, he was a mailman who was right. a sailor, and he became the founder of their navy.
0: Not a bad job.
1: Not a bad job at all. Uh, we also have then in uh, Chile... Now, this is an interesting story. The last, uh, Chile was, of course, in part of the Spanish Empire today so as you'd be shocked to hear. And the last viceroy the, the king had sent over there to, to keep an eye on was a man from I, I, it, possibly Westmead or Meath, depending on where exactly, but he was called uh, Ambrose O'Higgins. So he was actually Irish. because man to
0: get out of me, though. He
1: was, he was now. Uh, but his son, Bernardo Higgins, ended up becoming a leading freedom fighter and was the very first president of Chile. And in fact, the main street in Santiago, which is the capital, is still called O'Higgins Avenue.
0: Oh, nice.
1: So there's there's still a very proud ancestry of Irish people there. and I, I It's very much their, their struggle for independence in a lot of these countries is very much linked to our own kind of battle for it. I think that very much Irish mercenaries would have gone off to fight with Simón Bolívar fighting for independence in uh, certain parts of South America. And uh, it was very much, well, you were fighting against a form of imperialism, even if it isn't the British. Yeah. So it, it very much kind of ties into it. So so there was a very much, a, 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 and still are, like a very large amount of people of Irish descent there in South America. I think my favourite one is the largest cattle farmers in Uruguay, are the O'Neill's. Or as it should be, as it should be, is
0: that where they get the uh pants from?
1: Uh, of course, that's uh all leather pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and leather pants, of course, that's it, too. Um, so yeah, so did uh, Che, uh, to 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 get to Gala nickname, uh, Che was actually the a nickname that the Cubans gave him. It's it's kind of like calling an Irishman a Paddy, it's like they call Argentines Che's. Oh, right, so it, it, it's it's basically like saying Paddy Mac would be
0: like the name of my child, yes, as. yep.
1: <laughs> It'd be the same thing as calling like, us Paddy or Mick or something like that. But he, 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 he embraced it. He didn't particularly mind. So Chase was born in Argentina in 1928 um, to an Irish-Argentine family, of course. Uh, his father had the same name as him. He was uh, Don uh, Ernesto Guevara Lynch. And his mother was called, well, basically Mary was her short her. form. So very, very much Irish. Uh, he was born into a wealthy family. Uh, he was able to go to university in Buenos Aires and study medicine.
0: Not bad,
1: and he was also very, very fond of rugby. And he, as he should be, and he was a scrum half. Actually, he was uh, quite large, actually, uh, for Ar- Argentine standards. Definitely a bit, little bit of the the Irishians rubbing him off in there. Uh, I, th- I think, like it's worth saying, Argentina are one of the few teams outside of kind of the usual teams in in the kind of rugby World Cup.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I they think I think they it's like place. they
1: do. They're they're not a bad team. I, I think it's very fair to say they'd definitely be. Um they'd definitely better in Italy. <laughs> poor Italy. <laughs> poor, poor Italy. It's like, how is like Italy in, even in the Six Nations sometimes do? But well they try. So yeah. And then eventually he when he was in university, he he started doing a little bit of journalism. Got interested in this whole communism thing that had started mm-hmm. to take off. And then he ended up meeting uh two lads on a when he was doing some journalism in Mexico called Fidel Castro and his brother Raul Castro.
0: The inventor of the film.
1: Exactly. And well, Let's just say things changed there. He ended up going off to Cuba, fighting with them, becoming a Cuban citizen, a revolutionary, and becoming a minister in the Cuban government. And we all know the rest of the story there. Um, I will just say at this point, we're not like endorsing communism or anything like that in this, or like violent revolution. Um, we're we're just telling an interesting story. <laughs> That's or we don't bit. not endorse it. We don't not endorse. If, it. if any
0: communist wants to sponsor the podcast, we would
1: be delighted. I- ironically, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, the government's like, it's our podcast, now, <laughs> comrade. Um, I'm also not going to endorse really some of Che's personal views, which are, we're not going to talk about them, but just to be clear about that. So, yeah, so I think it's fair to say people know Che Guevara even if they only know the image of him. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about that image, the famous image of him, I see in blazing on t shirts in a second, because it's actually related to Ireland. So, she was proud of his Irish ancestry too, as, as, as everyone as, as as one should be. His father famously said, um, "You know, through my son's this is after he died now, after my son's veins always ran the blood of Irish rebels." Nice. And he was, he was very much very proud of his Irish ancestry. Always said he was South American and, uh, first. Didn't really say Argentine. He kind of, you know, kind of more Cuban, kind of pan-nationalist, I think, is one of what you, you'd say these days. He was very interested in his Irish history, and he, 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 there was a lot of questions about it. Um, it's generally seen as that his great-grandfather, or maybe great-great-grandfather, it's, it was always a bit unclear, came from Galway, uh, Patrick Lynch or Patricia, Patricia Lynch when he got to South America, the ears battered around that he came from somewhere in Galway in about 1715,
0: yeah, and right. he
1: and his wife was also from Galloway, and she was. Um, I, I've seen a bunch of different names. It might have been Mary Blake
0: or something like yeah, that. That, that. Explains but the communism. It, communism.
1: it, it does. Uh, interestingly, though, it, it is worth saying that there there's uh, like 14 tribes apparently that settled Galloway, Different families. This is oh, city right. of tribes. Uh, the Blakes and the Lynches wore two of them. So mm-hmm. it does, it, it, there are certainly Galway names, uh, or are they, as as we'll get to in a second. So he, he very much had an interest in it, but he was, you know, curious about it. But there was never really a clear thing. Lynch is a very common name in Galway. Mm-hmm. There's also Lynches in Cork, and there's also a lot of Lynches out in County Clare, particularly in a place called Kilkee, which we've certainly mentioned on oh. this podcast before. Because, Stu, mm-hmm. before Che ever came to Limerick, he went to Kilkee. And you see, for ages, I had thought that these two stories—I I knew these, these, this story—and you know about him going to Limerick, him going to Kilkee. I always figured they were on the same trip.
0: Well, you'd expect it. It's the wrong trip.
1: Yeah, but it, they're actually two completely different. I, I really only—we like, have a definite date for the Limerick one. We don't really for the Kilkee one. We know roughly when, but we don't have like a precise timeline. What we know is, Jay... Was in Kilke in the summer of 1962. Basically, there's a fellow called Jim Fitzpatrick, who's a prominent artist. Might want to remember that for a little bit. Okay. And he was working in behind the bar in the Marine Hotel, uh, which I believe is currently generally known as the Strand. I was actually in there over this summer having dinner. It was quite nice. And basically, he said. He was having a chat at one of the regulars. Next thing, the doors burst open, and these three he's looking like cowboys—yeah, uh, I can see that. He, he came in, and he recognised them straight away. And he goes, "It, oh, the Mister Lynch, Doctor Lynch, you know, Dirk uh, 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 whatever it was." And he said, "You recognise what? What are you doing here?" And he says, "Oh, I'm just, you know, having having a bit of a look around, basically." And uh, he said, oh, uh, what would, can I get you something to drink? And he said, well, uh, you, you drink rum and cube. And he said, oh, no, I don't want to rum. I'd rather something locally. Would you like a Guinness? And he said, no, not not a Guinness. So he ended up having a Powers whiskey watered down a little bit. And his two his minders had um, fizzy drinks, is what he said.
0: Watering down the Powers. I mean, Powers is probably not the best whiskey.
1: It would be good for... If you for hot whiskey, I think it would be probably the best for that. But it, right. it would certainly be, you know, the cheaper one, hmm. I suppose. But it's, it's not... Pretty fine whiskey. I I wouldn't, you know, break it out, but it's not bad. So that that was kind of it. And he said what actually happened was he was going over on Aeroflot, which was the Soviets, the Russians' airline, uh, to Moscow to do some trade negotiations. They'd actually had to stop in Shannon for a fuel over. Uh, This is a very famous thing in Ireland, of course. Shannon was the last airport before you went to cross the Atlantic Ocean. You generally had to stop there to refuel.
0: It was there like France, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was like, oh, sir. It used to be that when we had flying boats, they'd land in Foynes out in County Limerick, or if you were on a proper plane, you'd land in Shannon. So that was that was very standard. And they basically, it got very foggy in Shannon, so they're like, oh, we're not going to be able to leave now. And basically, Shay was like, well, I've I known, he kind of said, no, oh, there's lynches in Galway, but there's also lynches down in Clare, and Shannon is in Clare, it's very close to Limerick as well, yeah. though. And, he, and they just kind of said, they, they're renting a Ford. And just kind of going on a, on a spin down to Kilke. And they just ended up having a nice little time there. Um, And that's kind of what he told Jim. He just said, I, I'm kind of down here. His Lynch should be my other family's name. And he was asking a couple of questions about that. And so it was perfectly lovely. But um, another little thing that came out as well, Stu, was that apparently he may have been in Kilke before that, when he was a lot younger. Ooh. Now, I can't find anything else about this. It, this, this is entirely a rumour, but... What I can find is that he apparently went to Kilke with his mother when he was very young. We don't even have a timeline on this, so probably in it would probably have been probably I presume possibly before World War Two or the emergency. So he probably Imagine, would, yeah. yeah, he probably would have been like sometimes like before nineteen thirty nine, so probably the mid to late thirties, so he'd probably be under ten at this kind of thing. And he, he apparently stayed in the Royal Hotel there and you know, went around. So it, it does kind of bring some credence that maybe he was one of the Claire Lynches as opposed to the Galway lynches. But it is kind of worth saying I can only find one person telling a, a vague story about this. I can't you prove there's right no there's no
0: evidence. And investigate.
1: Yeah, um so so that's kind of it. But interesting Jim Fitzpatrick, it was a bit of an artist too, as I mentioned there. And after he heard Che died, he kind of got a bit inspired, along with the the, the protests that were happening in Paris around the same time in 67 to 68. And he took this famous picture that was uh, taken of Che Guevara. And he ended up doing a kind of a print of it and kind of like a a black and white kind of print of it. And then that became a very famous picture. and You might recognize it on T-shirts. And this was
0: communist man (laughs) sold everywhere. The glory of capitalism.
1: Well, you have to pay it again to Karl Marx's grave as well, Stu. So it's not <laughs> out, it's not out there. So that was um, that was uh, that was an interesting little bit, little tidbit there. Uh, there might be much more to it, but getting to the other part of the story you now, Stu. That wasn't Che's only little foray to Ireland oh. in the nineteen sixties. There was another one. So we do have a more solid details for this one in places. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the thirteenth of March, nineteen sixty five a Cubana, which is their national airline, a plane had to stop in Shannon due to mechanical issues. Now, whether this was discovered when they were refueling or whatever, it's unclear, but they, they stopped there and they couldn't leave for a little while because there were technical issues.
0: Not enough cigars on there.
1: Not here. enough cigars there, but uh, our, our good friend uh, Dr. Uh, Guevara Lynch was on there, along with another Cuban government minister, and I'm going to probably butcher this man's name, Dr. Osmani Chitzi Fugus. He used to be a bit of Italian, didn't
0: he? It? I'm going to go with what you said.
1: Cien... Cien... I'm pretty sure it's like... It's a, it's a soft C, so it's like Sien Fugus. Fugos? Anyway. The, the, him, him and the good doctor. um, They were going over to Algeria for a, you know, one of those ministerial meetings. I think Jay was in charge of transport and the other guy was in charge of like, infrastructure, so it was one of those communist meetings. Um, But they couldn't leave, obviously, so they... they... No, had to do nothing. Um, And there was a, a local journalist there, Arthur Quinlan was his name, and he, he worked for the Limerick Leader and a bunch of other Irish newspapers, and he basically just sort of waited around Shannon Airport to see who would turn up. Because it was a good way of getting exclusive. Because, like, as we'd said, uh, Shannon Airport was... Busy spot. It was a busy spot. It was, you know, you'd have to do your stopover. If you were going to or from, like, New York or America or a lot of places, you'd you'd stop over there to refuel. I'm not seen that they'd come off the plane, they'd... You know, get a bite to eat, maybe yeah, get like a drink. Back in the day, I remember going to
0: Shannon and John, we see the photos of all the famous people who'd been. Exactly. Like, they might have even been in Ireland, technically, but they'd been in like the VIP areas and all that.
1: Exactly. So, without Arthur, come with the great idea of if I just wait out there, I'll just see who turns up. And he, he managed to kind of nab a few people like Marilyn Monroe and JFK and all that, and a few other people we'll talk about it a little bit later. But he was he was out there anyway, and there was some fella. Uh, Jim was his name Who worked in the uh, IDA Which is the, D- the Industrial Development Authority They basically built a lot of factories and stuff Around Shannon Airport when it was opened Because it was, you know in, in order to transport things in It was very easy to put it next to an airport at the time yeah. And he gave him a little tip off And said, I think there's someone very interesting on this plane I think it might be Che Guevara Now, there's speculation that this gentleman may have been Che Guevara yeah. himself well, no, he might have been getting a bit of money off Americans to keep an eye. There is oh, right. CIA talk, but I, I'm unsubstantiated rumour. So maybe he was there to keep an eye on him. But anyway, um, are good, are good. For Arthur managed to to find Jay. It was uh, in the hotel in front of the airport at the time, which is now the Irish College of Hotel Management. Of Exciting stuff! <laughs> Exciting stuff it is. And he was he was trying to have a chat with him, but Jay was pulling the owl I don't speak English" card, and you know wasn't that it? But uh, he, Arthur and I knew a little bit about maybe he would heard about the other story about him coming to Ireland but he kind of said, well aren't your you family like the lynches from uh, you know, up in Galway, and they either speak English or they speak Irish, which one is it? And Jay kind of laughed and said, I'm going to go at the back and we'll have a chat and he said that he, he couldn't get anything really out of him in terms of, he wouldn't talk about politics, he, he did talk about he, he managed to break the ice a bit and talk a little bit more about his family Um, talking about like, the lynches up there and he was asking him, do you know anything about the lynches and he'd said, oh Galway, Clare and all that and he didn't seem to really let on much more but Jay did say, I'd like a drink while I'm here. Ha. And um, Arthur said, well, I know a nice little spot in Limerick City just in the road. It's in Hanerty's Hotel and the pub was colloquially known as the glue pot at the time. Now, whether this is the White House pub or not is a bit debatable. It, it, it does appear that he, he was in Hanrity's Hotel as opposed to the White House, but they're basically next to each other so it's oh, possible they're it's possible he was in both, or he mistakenly was in one. But Hanrahan's is, is certainly what Arthur recommended the tomb, the glue pot, as it was called at the time. Um, so Jay went in with a, with a few mates, apparently, and Arthur said, "I think he, he would be very comfortable there." And I, I must say, I, I got a load of this bits out of an article in the Scotsman newspaper from two thousand and three. Actually, um, well, you're a
0: bit behind the times.
1: Yeah, but it was interesting. It was. Um, this next bit is about one of the writers in the New Scotsman who was actually writing a play about Che Guevara. Um, he was over in Limerick in 1979. This was the year after Monster famously beat the All Blacks in hey. rugby. And he was there for there at the first anniversary and he met someone in the White House who told him the story that, oh, we had Che Guevara in here a couple of years back. And he just completely forgotten about it. And then it popped into his mind again and he was like, you looked into it, He's like, that can't be true. And then he found... um Arthur's, Quinlan's thing in the front page of the Limerick Leader yeah. and from, from it and it was just a very minor thing most people never even thought about it again but he looked into it and well here's this is where the bit gets a bit fuzzy because alcohol was involved <laughs> now of course Che Guevara said he famously never drank famously never drank
0: famously except never for that rum and the powers <laughs>
1: And also, he was fond of a cigar and a Guinness um, in Cuba, we're told. Great man. Um, but he turned up to Hannity's with two of his mates, and they were welcomed with open arms. Apparently, they were recognized. I mean, it was Che Guevara at the height of his fame. I mean, he was certainly Everyone recognized. Everyone had a t-shirt. Everyone. <laughs> it's like Jim goes, I remember you.
0: <laughs> You're the guy on my t-shirt. Uh,
1: so, apparently, they'd, they... He certainly didn't turn down again Guinness this time, Stu. I'm told he had a few. The direct quote um, from one of the people there was, he was three sheets to the wind by the time he headed back to the airport. Nice. Which is an Irish expression for he was, you know, very, very, very drunk. <laughs> he'd, he'd had a good night. Um, there's lots of other stories, though, what happened in the pub that night. And these are the ones I heard of regulars in the, the bar yeah. when I was there. Now, I don't. I wasn't alive at the time. Um only one of my parents was alive at the time. I can't verify any of this, but apparently he was very much. He was being taught a few folks uh, Irish folk songs. He, he he taught some Argentine folk songs as well to people. They were singing a few communisty songs. Apparently there was dancing on tables too. It, it, what someone told me. Now another person told me that she got off with Che Guevara that night. I'm not so sure about that, <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> it was like it's just it was such a great now, story. Now, just now
0: that would be something. If on this little shitty podcast we're like. And she said, claims to have had his baby. <laughs> it's just This podcast breaking was, fucking
1: news. This, this podcast is turning into like Cherry Springer. It's just <laughs> it's, it's just it's just like Mari Pove, it's just like Che comes on, it's just like, Che, you are not the father, I told you. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I think if we broke the story that Shagovarder's son is living in Limerick City,
1: that would be great. <laughs> um, I don't think that's true. I mean, I think she kind of just said, "Oh no, he." I know it was him, and he was gorgeous. I went up and was like kissing him, and he told me he had a wife, and I was like, "Well, she's not here." <laughs> I it's don't. Communism, aren't we all your wives? <laughs> smart man's do um so that there's also apparently a story he got sick in the fountain on o'connell street um i haven't (laughs) (laughs) so i I don't know about that but he certainly had a very interesting night there um anarchy's hotel is on glentworth street it it is still there limerick um i wouldn't recommend staying there at the moment because it is a direct provision center
0: all right lovely and there's an
1: outbreak there at the moment i understand so that's that's lovely um, but uh, yeah, certainly a very memorable trip. It, it was told he was certainly a bit rough on the flight the next day. Um, yeah, he did. He did get to the conference, and he was actually sacked from the government shortly afterwards because he was just like, "We're not going far enough in the revolution." And he went off to fight in Angola and um, Bolivia for communism as well. And Bolivia is where they kind of got to him and well shot him.
0: Oh, Che Guevara.
1: That's that's kind of it. But it, it's, it's just kind of interesting about that. I mean, it's kind of worth saying as well that this was just before St. Patrick's Day when uh, Che was over here. And apparently as well, he, I, I, just to kind of mention, this is something that a bunch of people said, and I, I do believe this is true. Apparently he just, when he got back to the airport, he was obviously inebriated, but he was covered in like shamrocks. You know, that, that proper, proper like, big lumps of shamrock. Oh,
0: right, so actual...
1: Actually sham, like. actual shamrocks, like... You know, like, you, it's kind of a thing where, like, you would get, like, the big kind of lump of shamrock, and you see the girls are wearing yeah. it in their pocket. Barney, he had this in all of his pockets. You know, he was just absolutely covered in the stuff. Um, and I can find multiple sources with this. And I, I'm pretty sure, like, he had them, like, under his beret and everything, it yeah, says. So just like, that's great. Guess. Um I I'll read the extract from the Limerick Leader um if I if I can in a little bit. It's 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 very I can't find a higher resolution version.
0: Oh, yeah, and it it's it's
1: actually very difficult to read unfortunately. should
0: have gone down to the the library.
1: Yeah to be honest with you if I had more time I I, I very much could have I, unfortunately I think the Aimon Quinn is dead at this point. Mm. I'm afraid he passed away a couple of years ago. Um there was a documentary on RTÉ a little while back where they went into the White House and they had Jim Fitzpatrick, you might remember, met him in Tilke yeah. and did the printing, and he actually gave an original print, um, of the famous chair picture to the White House that hangs up on the wall there now, which was quite nice. And you can see here, so this isn't the, this is the best quality image I could get,
0: yeah. It's not so correct. I'm going
1: to I'm going to so this is this is on was on the front page of the Limerick Leader in uh, the fifth fourteenth or fifteenth of March nineteen sixty five. He wanted to see Limerick nightlife. Limerick's most unusual occurrence during the weekend was Commander Ernesto Che Guevara, Cuban Minister for Industry, the second most powerful figure in the country, together with the Minister for Construction, Dr. Rosemary, we've discussed this guy's name, and 71 other passengers. uh, They were held up at Shannon Airport since Friday night. I'm going to do my best to read this next part. It's very hard to read. The Cuban Airlines Eritrean Aircraft... Um, on which they were flying from in Prague, from Prague to Havana, developed technical issues, and it was flown to the repair, refactor in England uh, for repairs, which are carried out and returned to the flight. The bearded Cuban Lieber with some friends paid a visit to Limerick. Uh, we were used to, we were used to see men that I can't read. This, I think this is the night of our life, is what it says. Um...
0: We'll see now uh we want to see the nightlife, he said, as he set off for the treaty city, however, yeah,
1: that's, yeah we're <laughs> we're doing we're doing, it. we're doing our best here. this is like really bad, yeah, anyway, he had a good time. That's, the, I mean, the, so that, that was As the... As anyone would have. That was to. that was it. But I, I suppose that's kind of the highlight of it. But I, I just find it very funny that one of these stories that you're told in a pub about this celebrity coming up here was actually true. Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of funny, Stu, isn't it? Because you hear a lot of these in some Irish pubs where it's like, oh, you'd never guess who was in the other week. And often or more often than not, some of them are actually true.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the magic of Ireland, I suppose, like our, our usual... Hang out in the 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 nighttime would often have the likes of Darren Shan.
1: Yeah, like I love the fact that I've played beer pong with my favorite childhood author, Darren Shan, yeah. more than once, and it, it's 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 rather lovely. Uh, Darren, if you ever want to come on the podcast? By the way, we'd be very happy to have you on. Uh, just like the other random people, like I remember there was a night Darren O'Brien was playing beer pong yeah. in in that pub. And we missed him. Damn shame. But. Um, it, it it is kind of interesting. So with the people you meet there, I remember going drinking with two members of the German parliament um one night. It happens. It happens. I didn't know that. Like I I was I was introduced to them and they were like, "Oh, right, you speak German," and he was like, you yeah. know, I'd had a chat with them and I figured out they were both members. Of, well, one of them was a member of the Bundesrat, the kind of German Senate, and the other guy is like his political advisor. And I'm seriously really
0: into... both from Argentina. Arch, Arge... <laughs> <laughs> looking for the lynches, or not you again. <laughs>
1: So, so there you go. I suppose that that kind of wraps up the the, the main gist of the stories Stu But there, there's a couple of other things as well. Uh, Arthur Quinlan, the the Shannon based journalist, right, Um also met a bunch of other interesting people. Like his statue is waiting outside a plane and seeing who turns up worked because a couple of years later. He actually managed to get the other half of the coin. He managed to uh, see Fidel Castro was landing in Shannon for a stopover, and he managed to talk his way past his bodyguards by going, "Oh, I, I knew your your old friend, Doctor Doctor Guevara," and he kept referring to them that, and eventually Fidel was like, "Oh, you know, chain." He was like, yeah, I'm sure "Send him over, like," because he said, oh, "I interviewed him, and he and he he got talking to him, and um, he did a brief interview with him, and he also showed him how to make Irish coffee,
0: as you would, yeah."
1: Um, Irish coffee, of course, is coffee plus whiskey in a in a, in a broad sense. But yeah, there's I mean,
0: it's tough stuff. I mean, you know, now, laboratory conditions. Oh, really.
1: I mean, you know, so we, I a lot of people would put a little bit of cream on top, certainly, with maybe a little bit of Baileys mixed in as yeah. well. I, I think it's grand. Uh, was It It was potentially invented in Shannon Airport, um, or it might have been invented in Foynes when we had the flying boats out there. Either way, it certainly was invented in that area for stopovers. So apparently, apparently Fidel was a fan of it. Of course he was. So not not too bad. But um, a few other interesting people and interesting stories about not entirely that Arthur Quinn you know interviewed, but a few famous stories about the Shannon stopovers do. Um, probably the most famous was Boris Yeltsin. He was the Russian president. Now he was the first president of an independent Russia since the Soviet Union had broken up, and this is nineteen ninety four. First he, man in space, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure, and uh, <laughs> and he did the stopover in Shannon. And of course, this is very, very important. So the entire like Irish government had come down there. They had the the steps. They had the the red carpet. The Taoiseach shook at the time, Albert Reynolds was there. All of the like major ministers were there. They were standing to attention. RT had the cameras there. They were all you know. Everything was a a Very important day. Because uh, we was in a neutralish country during the Cold War. We you know yeah. we were we could you could always be safe here. And they were waiting there, and nothing. Nothing happened yet. So I don't know. He's, he must be must be in like a very important phone call or something. It's like what is a, you know he has the he has these nukes now and everything else. He's yes he to, he's getting nuclear weapons back off the Ukraine. Um, he's dealing with like Russia. Uh, the Russians are dealing with the Americans now. Oh, he, he's going to a very important meeting in the UN. He, he might be busy. You know, he might be very busy. And after the while, still nothing. And so you can just see at this point, you know, the camera's clutch, like Albert Reynolds fixing his tie and kind of looking at his watch, like kind of smiling and waving at everyone, and they're still. And eventually, just uh, a guy comes down the stairs and whispers are made, and, and eventually, the oh, unfortunately, the president won't, won't be able to uh, come down and greet everyone. He's, um, I'm afraid, he's very, he's not feeling the best at the moment. Come over. No, he was still drunk. Hey, he appar- better. Apparently, he was so drunk he couldn't get down the stairs. And they, it, it, you know, because Boris Yeltsin was certainly a man that was known for having a few drinks too.
0: As the one should be.
1: And a couple There's been a couple of cases where, you know, he was a little bit wobbly on stage and giving speeches sometimes. But I mean, certainly he was he was able to crack a, he, was a a a, he, was, he was able to crack a few jokes, you know. And he was certainly very charismatic, and he he did make some very important. Um, uh, moves when Russia was becoming its own country out of the Soviet Union and far more than I'll get into now. But, you know, some people say that he had a drinking problem. Um, possibly. There's no
0: such thing as a drinking problem. <laughs> we both know this, Rob.
1: So, so, but apparently he'd he'd enjoyed himself a little bit too much on the flight over from Moscow and really wasn't feeling up to coming down to greeting everyone. So that was a famous story. Like it's just, I think the fact that there's like about an hour of like live footage, footage of just them standing there, politely looking at the steps, like looking at their watches. It's just such a awkward TV moment, but it's I think it's pretty funny. And another interesting one as well, where uh, this is another uh, good friend Arthur Quinn and uh, God rest him. He also managed to get the first interview with George Bush Senior, who was the American president at the time Hello. during the first Gulf War. <laughs> he caught him in duty free in Shannon. <laughs> I, I do. I do love this. Like this, like his, he like managed to see the president and just walks up to him. It's like, can I ask you a bit about the Gulf War that you're just after like attacking Iraq? And he goes, Oh ah, sure. I'll ask away. Yeah. And like he got on like, you know, CNN, Reuters, like all the big, he, no one else was able to get him. And then you know, no one does the plucky Irish journalist just you know, gives it a sense. go.
0: Speaking of duty free, do you know where uh, that started?
1: Um, I believe it was Ireland, wasn't it? it was kind Ch- airport? Yeah, Ch- was it Ch- Chuck Feeney was certainly involved in that as well, wasn't he? I
0: can't remember exactly <laughs> the names, but yeah. We were, in the oh, you were the
1: first to, place. We yeah. were the first place. Duty free. I suppose I think most people know what duty free is, but I suppose it's just kind of the shopping in an airport when, yeah. when you go through security. It's not like, really duty free anymore. Anyway. Yeah, it was the idea was that you you wouldn't really be paying full taxes and yeah, you the were country kind of, that you were kind
0: of like in like. Non-international space. They were going to say like in international waters. It might, well, that would be the, yeah. the comparison. Yeah. Well,
1: strictly speaking, you are you're you're in transit at that point. You're not yeah. strictly in the country. A question. You know, it depends. Kind of kind of a thing. So
0: You're saying if I commit a crime in an airport, I cannot be arrested.
1: But I, I suppose um, one of the most significant ones I remember about a little stopover in shannon airport is i know i'm too way too young to remember when the pope came to shannon and came down and kissed the tarmac which i wouldn't personally do myself no. uh he also went to limerick race course the pope i was at jfk when he visited limerick so I'd, well you have to
0: get a bit on the ponies.
1: absolutely i mean you know on the gg's too. um but uh, the one i remember is when bill clinton came over here uh i think it was about he's doing the good friday agreement stuff which we talked about yeah. before I remember him coming to Limerick and he, he gave a speech in a con street. I remember tons of people there. I'm told I briefly managed to like touch him because I was quite young at the time. Um oh, I got arrested for that, Rob. <laughs> well he was in he was in, he was in at the time in America <laughs> for that kind of that kind of carry on too. Court Monica Lewinsky, but um I do remember like seeing Air Force you when know, this big seven four and flying over in the house. At least I was told it was his plane. I don't know if it was, but I I remember it. I remember distinctly
0: <laughs> very large bird. Look, Rob it's Oh, they right, Um.
1: But I remember my auntie did. Um. They were up in Dublin. They were flying out. I think for. I think it might have been their honeymoon. They were flying out in Dublin, and they they were. I think they were on actually flying Aeroflot, as we mentioned the Russian one, because apparently it right. was to go to Mexico. It was. Apparently, it was the way to get from Ireland to Mexico was to fly Aeroflot, as it turned out Lovely. at the time. So they were told, oh, sorry, there'd be a slight delay in takeoff now because uh, Air Force One with Bill Clinton on it is right in front of us and they're being given right away. And so they Bastard. got to see so they got to see like Air Force One take off right in front of them. And they were like, oh, that was really cool. So I suppose that was the most significant visitor to Shannon I can remember in my lifetime, Stu.
0: Play us out, Rob.
1: Alright, thanks very much for listening, guys. We're going to try and get back to more of a normal format next week, if hopefully Stu is fully recovered by then.
0: I should be, hopefully.
1: So we are going to be doing a a little bit of a theme for
0: next week. What are we going to be doing, Stu? So since we're coming in to October and Halloween, we will be doing... A couple of Halloween spooky movies. So next week, it is going to be The Leprechaun.
1: Yep. Looking forward to it. And I'll be following a little theme that we have, I think, for the entire month of October. Because, of course, Halloween is an Irish um, Celtic festival. Yes. And we'll talk a lot more about that uh, coming up. But thanks for listening, guys, anyway. Um, We've... uh, we, we got some good feedback on these kind of new formats of episodes. So let us know what you think. We will be moving back to doing media for another little bit. But expect to see these types of episodes kind of telling a story about something Irish intermittently in there as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: we might even have a few banked away just in case I get sick again or whatever. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll, we'll try and arrange a contingency plan for if one of us gets sick <laughs> yeah. and can't speak. Uh, but thanks for listening anyway, guys. You can reach us as always on Twitter at, at talking. I uh, start at Blarney Pod. That's the one. And you can email us at talkingblarneypod at gmail.com. Um, and tell a friend about our, our show as well. Uh, give us as much feedback as you can. We read everything that's sent in to us. Um, some of our ideas have come from people recommending it. So thank you very much for that. So for me, it's goodbye.
0: See you next week.